trigger warning. The following episode contains references to sexual content, human suffering, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. I don't get into bed with anything less than a thousand thread count covering this business. I'm Adam. Well, son, we're either going to have a new sister for you, or the only bread we're making this month is sourdough. I'm Andy. Hi, me no worky today. Brain juice go bye-bye. I, Sean. Achoo! 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 I'm Kelly, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today we're going to talk about birth control. Fun. You maybe should have brought this up before we had that baby. <laughs> so a whole episode about My Little Pony then. <laughs> Etymology of birth is Proto-Germanic Gebirthus. <laughs> is she? Gebirthus. <laughs> which means that which is born, offspring, or child. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call her Gebirthus from now on. Come here, Gebirthus. <laughs> She'll bite your ankles. Actually, these days she could reach your knees. God. No. No. More powerful. (laughs) You're going to have to bear with me on this one. Control comes from medieval Latin contra rotulus. Contra rotulus. I'm glad they shortened it. I love those games. Contra and super contra. Yeah. Which means a counter or register. Uh, And it comes from the word contra, which means against, and the word rotulus which is a diminutive of rota, which means wheel. Against the wheel. Mm-hmm. How does rotavirus fit in? <laughs> that and means wheel, right? Rotavirus viruses are round. Okay. I'm going to take that as true. <laughs> and apparently this word comes back to a medieval method of checking accounts against a second register. Uh-huh. Okay. And now it means control. <laughs> so... Since I've hit this one like six times now, I may have a complex. What is the fear of pregnancy? Oh, no. Uh, I forgot. Infantophobia. (laughs) That's babies. Oh, I don't remember. I see you've all been listening. (laughs) I think if you said like three, I could tell you which one it was. It is tocophobia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one that sounds like weed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we have our acid pop quiz. We have some true and false and some short answer. We don't have any terms this time. Ah, lame quiz. <laughs> Adam, you just lost 10 points. Oh, <laughs> wait, I love this quiz. Tw- minus 20 points from Sean for sucking up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to award points. True or false. When sperm was first viewed under a microscope, it was believed to be a parasite. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to say f- false. I'm going to say true. They're so creepy. I would say false. They thought it was like little spirits or demons or something. <laughs> little genies. This is true. Yeah. Wow. All those creepy wiggling things. <laughs> little piranhas. <laughs> in a time when they were just discovering the world full of creepy wiggling things. Um, Man, it's full of eels. <laughs> <laughs> 
The first guy we have on record as identifying sperm under a microscope was a guy named Anthony Van Leeuwenhoek. <laughs> <laughs> he filled his paper with capital A's. Bunch of tadpoles in here. One of them sounds like Bruce Willis. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Thank you. As late as the 1800s, there were medical textbooks with pictures of sperm and a note that they were a parasite that lived <laughs> in male semen. They create a parasite in a way, yes. Whatever this is, you got to get rid of it. Working on it, man. (laughs) (laughs) True or false, Greeks believed that you could test a woman's fertility by measuring her hips. Huh. I think so. You always hear like childbearing hips. I think that's a Catholic thing, though. Hmm. Uh I'm going to say false. I'm going to say say false as well. Sorry, I missed Adam's answer. I think it's true. I'm backing it up all the way, even if (laughs) it's wrong. This is false. Hey. The Greeks believed you could determine a woman's fertility by holding something strong smelling like rose oil by her vagina. If the <laughs> smell came out her nose and mouth, she was infertile. Oh, okay. If it lapped it up. How often did that happen? <laughs> I suppose if a woman is completely hollow, she can't give birth to children. She just doesn't want her husband to touch her anymore. Be like, oh, put the rose oil down there. Splashes a, a bit in her mouth. Like, oh, oh no. Like some sort of incense burner. In general, Greeks thought that sperm was where it was at. Um, where it's at. <laughs> That's what's up. I got two testicles and a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> We have records of some Greek doctors arguing that children only had one parent, <laughs> the father, and the mother was just like a pot the father put the baby in for a little while. <laughs> Fell out of that weird creature over there. Open up your kiln, woman. Yeah, I mean, like The pot on the stove doesn't make the food. I make the food. <laughs> True or false? In the Middle Ages, they believed that sperm was brain juice. Brain juice. Oh, let's say yes. That sounds great. <laughs> Don't check off because your brain juice is getting no, right man. out. Yeah. I'm going to say true. Seems, that seems good. This is true. <laughs> My brain juice. <laughs> <laughs> they thought it traveled down the spinal cord to be ejaculated. Huh. Wait, it's coming. It's coming. Hold on. Hang on. Oh, it's coming. Oh, oh my God. So what does the shiver down my spine represent? <laughs> they also believed that like the entire child was curled up in the sperm, just Ooh. hanging out, waiting to grow. It's like um, origami. It just unfolds. <laughs> it's like the little pills that turn into dinosaurs when you put them in hot water. <laughs> exactly. Just add vagina. When you put them in a gross pot. <laughs> So between these two beliefs, it sort of makes sense that they were so down on masturbation. It's just like jacking your brain away. (laughs) Your brain is going away. And those are whole babies. (laughs) Yeah. Women in ancient Egypt peed on crocodile dung to determine whether they were pregnant. Hmm. Yes. Let's say yes. False. Definitely true. All right, this is false. Hey, I'm like getting them all. I'm really bad at babies. So what are they peeing on? I'm so (laughs) glad I read Toy's quiz before we started. They did. (laughs) They peed on bags of barley and wheat. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a waste. I wasn't using that crocodile dung for anything. (laughs) If the wheat or barley sprouted, the woman was pregnant. Wow. If the wheat sprouted first, it was a girl. (laughs) Barley, a boy. And either way, you get beer. Now. Neither sprouted. You got really weird bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How effective was this? How accurate? Zero percent. Uh, I mean, it's just going to sprout if it gets wet. So 
I'm going to say like 50%. Yeah, but you can't just water it with anything wet. <laughs> Have some Pepsi. <laughs> Gatorade. Adam, can you repeat yourself? We missed your answer. Yes. Could you not hear anything I said? Well, no. Yeah, we missed your answer. We need you to say it again. I don't know where you lost us. Just do the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what percentage effective do you think it was oh uh yes percent let's say 30 percent okay interestingly this is actually about 70 percent effective oh. yeah. something about estrogen in the urine increases the chances of the grain sprouting uh, so it was uh. a fairly decent pregnancy test <laughs> why'd we stop because it's expensive it's hard to you know Keep some barley and wheat in the sunlight somewhere where you can pee on it. They still put them in the little sticks. Yeah. <laughs> they just need like pregnancy chia pets. <laughs> Ch-ch-chia. <laughs> All right. Instead of short answer, I have a list of different birth control methods, and I want you to order them from least to most effective. Abstinence. 100%. <laughs> we're, we're leaving out abstinence. Uh-huh. Okay. They are withdrawal, charting your cycles, mm-hmm. the birth control pill, spermicide with no condom, and a condom. Uh, hmm. All right. So I'm going to say least effective is pulling out. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Then I'm going to say cycle. Then I'm going to say spermicide. Then I'm going to say condom. Then I'm going to say birth control. I'm going with... So from, from from best to worst. Can you go from worst to best, please? <laughs> uh, let's go with the uh, pulling out. That's the worst. Then I'm going to do spermicide, then cycle, then uh, condom, then pill. I'm going to do what Andy did, but I'm changing condom and pill. So condom's number one. All right. None of you got it. Oh, man. But Andy, I think you were closest. You got three out of five. Ooh. So with... Typical use, the least effective is spermicide at 71% effective, about as effective as uh, peeing on barley as is for predicting pregnancy. I mean, you just said that was pretty good. (laughs) This is also pretty good, but you know, if you don't want babies, you want really good. (laughs) If you don't want babies 30% of the time. (laughs) Withdrawal is next at 76% effective. That's more than I would have thought. Yeah. And it's actually even better if you're better than typical use, but, uh, you know, people mess up sometimes. Charting your cycle is 81% effective. It can be really great if you have a really predictable cycle, but cycles tend to change for no reason and no (laughs) warning, and then you're all mixed up, and then you have a baby. Boom, baby. Condom is second Uh. at... 85% 85% effective. And then the birth control pill is 91% effective. That's... Huh. Okay. I use all of them all the time. <laughs> Again, with typical use. That means, you know, occasionally forgetting a day, not taking it at the same time every day. And he's always monitoring his cycle. <laughs> <laughs> he does all five every time. <laughs> he's probably wearing a condom right now. Yeah. <laughs> Two. That's make star charts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to our stories, Hmm. which is more just sort of a history of birth control this time. I'm not going to be getting hot and heavy into anyone's (laughs) birth control use. And then she took a pill, and then the next day, (laughs) she took a pill. 
I almost said IED instead of IUD. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> so, um, first we're going to start with some bad birth control ideas from history. <laughs> I'm sure that's a long list. In Egypt, they mixed crocodile dung. Oh, there it is. Honey and sodium carbonate and inserted it into the vagina before oh, sex. Man. Oh, great. Yeah, this this is just another form of abstinence because nobody's <laughs> going to want to touch that. <laughs> That's a good way to get a yeast infection, yeah. sir. Not only could that cause all sorts of problematic infections, also, it may have increased your chance of pregnancy. But, yeah, that honey. They, no, the crocodile dung. Whoa. They've done some studies that say it has some stuff in there that'll help you get pregnant. What? <laughs> oh. Don't put it. Don't do it. <laughs> so anyone who's struggling right now. <laughs> Get a crocodile. Your baby will come out half crocodile. <laughs> In Greece, it was believed that women could prevent pregnancy by holding their breath while their partner ejaculated. <laughs> what, you get, what you want to do is you want to plug your nose. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're like a sealed pot, so if they close off all the air, you can't get anything else inside. Oh, and uh, after sex, they were supposed to sneeze several times while squatting to clear out the sperm. Honey, you've never looked better. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In a callback to our Mercury episode. Mm -hmm. That's the wonder element. In China, concubines consumed lead and mercury to prevent pregnancy. Mm, yes. Yeah, death is 100% effective. <laughs> <laughs> Gave birth to a paperweight baby. Birth control advocates advised swallowing 16 tadpoles fried in mercury immediately oh. after sex. Oh, I never even thought of using mercury as a cooking what <laughs> like would that oil. Even very shiny. Yeah, mercury gas is real good for you, too. I can't imagine it looked like they're in, like, a crumpled up tinfoil. Yeah. You're walking to the haberdasher and throw a bunch of tadpoles in there. <laughs> no more babies. No more babies. Now, this actually isn't a bad idea, um, <laughs> as long as you're not worried about the side effects. Uh, mercury causes sterility. Yeah. And your teeth to fall yeah. out. Also brain damage, kidney damage, and death. <laughs> Oh, no. Just ask my parents. They used to play with it all the time. Oh, and uh, lest you think that's only in China, the Greeks recommended drinking blacksmith's water oh. to prevent pregnancy. I mean, that's probably just iron, right? That that probably can't hurt you. It was teeming with lead. Oh, well. <laughs> well, then it tasted sweet and delicious. Yeah. Wash it down with some antifreeze. Hmm. <laughs> and as recently as World War One, some of the women who who volunteered at wartime factories said they did so in part because it would keep them sterile. Oh, well. All the lead in the air. <laughs> That's um, looking on the bright side. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just putting on pounds. <laughs> but I can write with my fingertips. Oh, I feel like a lead weight. <laughs> Harvey Firestein is Rosie the Riveter. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> So, in the Middle Ages in Europe, amulets made of weasel testicles were thought to prevent pregnancy. <laughs> That's a unique necklace you have there, sweetie. Like those little clacker balls. <laughs> really tiny ones. <laughs> they just make squishing noises. <laughs> you, while having sex, you whipped it around really fast. <laughs> like some sort of contraceptive bolo. <laughs> if you couldn't get your hands on a male weasel... 
You could also use the bones from the right side of a black cat. Huh. Just, yes. Huh. But why? If you don't have buttermilk, just add vinegar to regular <laughs> milk. It's like if you don't have weasel testicles, just cut a cat in half. <laughs> I'm not familiar with these conversions. Oh, no, you got more than <laughs> half the other side of the sternum. <laughs> now, I couldn't find any details on the efficacy of these two, but I have some guesses. Sure helped bring the weasel population down. <laughs> Casanova. We hey, know him, yes. Chevy Nova. <laughs> um, recommended cutting a lemon in half, scooping out the insides, mm-hmm. and inserting it into your partner's vagina. Oh, diaphragm. Okay. Yeah, work. <laughs> but it also prevents scurvy. I'd love to see the firm get past all these turds. <laughs> and it's lemony fresh. The rind served as a cervical cap, and the acid acted as a spermicide. Hey. Okay. Although when it when your penis contacted it, there was a bit of stinging. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know I could pucker down there. <laughs> it apparently sort of worked, but it doesn't sound like a lot of fun for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> What if you take the uh, the flavor tripping pills? <laughs> <laughs> now, where? How are you taking those? <laughs> moves? It's a suppository. <laughs> so, a lot of other items were used to cover the cervix with varying effect, or were just inserted into the vagina and hoped for the best, <laughs> um, including balls of gold. Ooh, hey, probably not great. That doesn't sound comfortable. Seaweed. Ugh. A little squishy. Let's pack it to the roof. <laughs> Rock salt. Oh, oh no. Oh, making it into jerky. <laughs> <laughs> and balls of opium. Well, okay. that would be a good time. <laughs> certainly going to do something. And the sperm just lays down and thinks about the universe. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just so fucking into this sex right now. Let's talk. <laughs> and then... For a more modern bad suggestion for birth control, douching with Coca-Cola was a popular birth control suggestion in the 1950s. Popular. (laughs) Well, that was back when they were just trying to find applications for any of their products. (laughs) Share share Coke with a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Share Coke with a friend with benefits. (laughs) It was believed that the sugar would explode the sperm cells wow. and that the carbonation would help it really get up in there. <laughs> I mean, one of those is probably correct. Does sugar do that? No, no, no not that one. Oh. <laughs> this was great for getting yeast infections. Yeah. <laughs> what if I dropped a Mentos in a diet coke and that on it? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a very exciting climax. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's going to do it. All right. So that's sort of our general history of things we don't try so much anymore. Except lemons. That sounds great. <laughs> Tangy. So let's talk about a few things that we do try um, and go back in time to their genesis. Hmm. First, condoms. Yeah. Who wants to guess when condoms date back to? Well, they used to make them out of animal skin. So Yeah. They had leather ones. Like- Probably BC something. Yeah. I think 1300s. I'm I'm going to go 1 CE. Mary Magdalene was like, somebody needs to invent this thing. <laughs> this has to stop. I don't know how this happens. The answer is we really don't know. No. no. Okay. I win. <laughs> um, I encountered multiple references to a French cave painting <laughs> of it. a man using a condom-like device. 
That's a detailed cave painting. Yeah. I looked at this cave painting. It's a hand. Um, and I didn't, I didn't get man wearing condom out of it. <laughs> That's a picture of a guy fucking a snake. I was going to say a, a condom like device just sounds like a small mammal. <laughs> they brought in a competitive Pictionary player. They definitely know what they're talking about. <laughs> But if that's what the cave painting depicts, <laughs> it's going back to like 10,000 BCE. Wow. It's it's just the most obvious like solution to the problem. <laughs> Cover it up. <laughs> yeah. Put it away. That or crocodile dung. <laughs> I like the little hat, tray chic. <laughs> Moving forward, but staying a little bit mythical, hmm. there's the Greeks. King Minos of Minotaur fame is said to have ejaculated scorpions and snakes. Wow. <laughs> Do it. And that's an STI I don't want to catch. <laughs> yeah, that, could, that could just be like some sort of metaphor for some sort of STI. After killing multiple lovers, <laughs> he used a goat's bladder to protect his wife from said unfortunate arachnids. <laughs> But then you just got a sack full of scorpions and snakes. <laughs> fry it up and have a dinner. Do you think they were full-sized or small? Oh, man. I hope they weren't full-sized. When anaconda's coming, I can feel it. <laughs> How many scorpions can you fit in a goat's bladder? <laughs> Depends on the goat and the scorpions. Now, this is said to have led to her conceiving. So in terms of birth control... It didn't exactly hit the mark. Well, he just had to filter out all the scorpions and snakes so the sperm <laughs> could get by. Yeah, just a crude net would do that. <laughs> Moving on to ancient Egypt, we're getting closer to official condom use. So Egyptians wore fine linen sheaths over their penises. Very fine. And yes, very fine. These <laughs> sheets came in multiple colors and were used to indicate social status. Wow. Technicolor ghost. My mom embroidered mine. <laughs> <laughs> You said you were upper class. <laughs> so, you know, they knew a thing or two about penis envy. <laughs> we don't know for sure whether they were used for birth control. Some <laughs> historians think they were, but some people think they were just decorative. Yeah. yeah nothing, nothing like having sex with linen on your dick. It's <laughs> a nice rug burn for you. So in China and Japan, glands condoms were popular among the upper class by the 14th century. Hmm. We know these were intended as birth control. We've finally gotten to birth control. <laughs> Somebody wrote something down. We don't know if they were effective at all. Um, yeah. These were condoms, glands condoms, so they only covered the head of the penis. In China, they preferred oiled silk paper. Hmm. Who wants to guess what the Japanese made their condoms out of? Squid. Uh, st stag beetles. Uh, smoke bombs, so the sperm couldn't find their way. <laughs> I'm going to give that to Andy for closest to the mark. Tortoise shell. Wow. Okay. Which sounds a little hard. Yeah. yeah. yeah nothing's getting through that. <laughs> no sperm are getting through this door. <laughs> so by the 1600s, syphilis was enough of a problem that linen condoms became super popular in Europe. Condoms from animal intestines were also popular. Mm-hmm. Comfy. Wrap that thing up like a sausage. If you were feeling extra decadent, <laughs> if you were feeling extra decadent, you could even get a fur-lined condom. <laughs> oh, no. How do you clean it? <laughs> yeah, and Andy, you've got it. I do mean a condom. <laughs> These weren't disposable items. Wash and wear. Oh no! Belong to my grandfather. 
Oh no! <laughs> Call this the Daniel Boone. It's got a little raccoon tail coming. Out. <laughs> so we finally started seeing rubber condoms in the 1850s. They were invented by a guy named Charles Goodyear. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they were a quarter inch thick. They were as thick as bicycle inner tubes. <laughs> oh no! This one's meant for snow weather. <laughs> Studded. <laughs> Wash and reuse was still the order of the day. Mm. By the 1920s, we finally had latex condoms. Fun fact, during the 50s, they tested condoms by filling them with air. Condoms that didn't pass quality control were packaged and sold under a cheaper brand name. What? (laughs) (laughs) These ones get sent to prisons. (laughs) And other than latex allergies, I could find no serious injuries related to condom use. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah. unless you suck them up your nose. Yeah. Generally not serious. Like, they've had to fish condoms out of all sorts of places, but (laughs) everyone was fine. So, that's condoms. We're going to move on to IUDs. Hmm. So, these are the little T-shaped devices that get inserted into the uterus. These aren't the things soldiers are afraid of, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) The IUDs that you put in a woman's vagina. (laughs) Now, there are plenty of people that think that IUDs are like IEDs. Rather dangerous and deadly, but they're not nearly as bad as people think. Like little sperm lightning rods. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. So we can trace these back a lot further than I expected. Wow. Um, During the ninth century, a Persian physician recommended inserting into the cervix paper wound tightly into the shape of a probe tied with a string and smeared with ginger water. Hmm. Ginger water, good. So she wanted to brew some tea. (laughs) (laughs) The first actual IUD was invented in 1909. It was made of silk gut and brass, and it worked. Oh, brass. Yeah. I mean, brass is partly copper, and I heard that copper is like the active ingredient. Mm -hmm. It just needs to make your uterus a bit unhappy. um, (laughs) It also caused all kinds of terrible infections (laughs) in a time before there were any sort of antibiotics. So it killed the hell out of a lot of women. Hmm. You weren't pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I told you death was 100% effective. Basically, because part of it was outside the uterus, it just pulled the infections up and in. Um, Like an infection wick. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. They tried devices made out of gold and silver um, and gut, and all of them sort of worked, and all of them killed lots of women. (laughs) Yukon Cornelius kept on creeping up on women in the night. (laughs) So in the 1920s, a ring-shaped version was made. This worked better. Less dying. That's a plus. (laughs) And they probably could have stuck with that and and done fine. It didn't have any external bits, really, so it didn't cause infections. Um, But innovators are going to (laughs) innovate. And in the 1970s, the Dalcon Shield showed up on the market. Ooh. Sounds cool. It had a cool name. Yeah. And it even looked like a shield, so it had cool marketing. Sperm will know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Just put a little stop sign in there. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately... Little shields with spikes all around them are incredibly uncomfortable to insert and remove. No. It also had a porous string that hung outside the cervix, which, as we've learned, causes terrible infections. Bright side, we did have antibiotics, but still a number of women died. I mean, it's a part of the body. Its whole job is being the perfect environment for growing things. (laughs) Like, you don't want to introduce other stuff in there. 
It also uh, wasn't great at preventing pregnancy, but it was great at having those pregnancies end in second trimester miscarriages. Wow. There were at least 18 deaths, Hmm. as well as miscarriages, permanent infertility, and lasting painful illnesses. Sounds like a good job, shield makers. (laughs) Permanent infertility just worked too well. (laughs) It's super effective. (laughs) So- The device was taken off the markets by the late 1970s, but the damage in the U.S. was done. IUDs still have a pretty negative reputation in the U.S. Only 8% of birth control users use IUDs, despite there being the most reliable form of reversible birth control, Hmm. which I didn't mention earlier. But yeah, IUDs are number one on the list, other than non-reversible or surgical intervention. I'd hope those are the most effective. (laughs) So now... We're going to talk about male non-barrier birth control. I want a pill. Yeah, the male pill. Hmm. And there's a male injection. There's both. Oh. We're going to talk about both. Is there like a like a flea collar that keeps all those little parasites away? <laughs> it's called, called a cock ring. ring. <laughs> so there are two sort of equivalents to the birth control pill that are in the works for men. But neither is necessarily coming to the market anytime soon. Hmm. First, there's Vazagel. <laughs> Vazagel. <laughs> Need to work that name a little. <laughs> this is the work's name. <laughs> the original name was... Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't have it. I See, can't it took tell me you. three seconds. It's a better name. <laughs> so, Vazagel is basically a reversible vasectomy. Huh. Um, Say so they put in a little paperclip. There's two quick injections into the vas deferens, <laughs> thus the name, and the gel sets. Oh, so vas a gel. <laughs> so you're like you're like caulking it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The sperm can't get through, but everything else travels just fine. You just get mm. some Drano and. <laughs> um, actually, it's baking soda. They just oh. inject baking soda. Oh, and- <laughs> volcano <laughs> painters. <laughs> <laughs> So you can reverse it pretty much immediately with a quick volcano or... <laughs> I got have a baby right now. <laughs> or it will last up to 10 years. Huh. So it was originally invented in India and all the tests showed that it worked great, was safe, and had no side effects. Huh. A US company bought it, messed with the formula a bit to please the FDA, and then nothing. Huh. So, well, that was an interesting idea. <laughs> so they have to run all the tests to, to get through the FDA, and they've done at least some of them from my reading, but the monetary incentive is sort of lacking. Hmm. Testing is expensive, and they just don't know that men will be lining up to get shot in the balls. You have to, um, right now, baby. <laughs> you have to do it from across the room. And even if they were, a shot you get every 10 years isn't exactly minting money. Right. So it's hard to say if we'll ever see it. I was looking at their like official product website and stuff, and they had links to articles that were three years old and nothing more recent than that. Hmm. Uh, There's also a male daily pill. hmm. Um, You just feed it, little guy. (laughs) (laughs) Testing has shown it to be safe with very minimal side effects. It basically sends the brain an all-clear-on-the-testosterone-front signal inhibiting the production of sperm. You can stop now. (laughs) It also mimics testosterone for other processes, which means men don't necessarily feel the effects of the lower testosterone. And their hair grows so much. That's what I'm wondering. Does their hair grow out more? Um, Where can I get some? (laughs) The studies I saw in, in humans 
were run long enough to say that it was safe, but they weren't actually testing efficacy um, because you have to use it for like 60 days for it to be effective. Hmm. And they only ran the test for like 30 days. (laughs) But why? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They only had 30 days worth of testing money, I guess. (laughs) This this pill doesn't do anything bad. Well, does it do anything? (laughs) What what is it with these scientists working on these? They're just getting bored halfway through. (laughs) So estimates I read say this is at least a decade off. Wow. Um, And they're not sure, again, if there will be any demand. So they're not like putting the pedal to the metal with it. Mm. But it it is a thing that they've tested and seems safe and works in like bunnies and doesn't kill people. (laughs) And that's all the stories I have. Hmm. I'm ready to hear your birth control stories. (laughs) I've I've controlled all births so far. Yeah, so far 100%. Nice. Um, I, I I have a one percent failure. <laughs> no, I keep on like I keep on asking my wife like, so you really don't want children? It's like, no, no children. I'm like, okay, can I get a uh, a vasectomy? No, I might change my mind. It's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. See if you could just get this shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. rubberize my balls. <laughs> <laughs> boing boing. Come on, Goodyear. <laughs> yeah, I'll say uh, I have very little experience with condoms, but not a fan. I'll say that much. I, I guess they're effective, but they <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just user error, but man, those things didn't work so great. <laughs> um, and I recently got a vasectomy, so that's a thing. Yay Uh-oh. for you. I got to watch. Chuck <laughs> off all your balls. Don't need these anymore. It's really not a big deal. They just like make a tiny little hole, go in, cut. They like literally cut out like a quarter inch section of the tube. Showed it off to us. Uh, and then they just basically like sealed both ends just in case. And I that was it. That. Yeah, me neither. Took like 20 minutes. Pretty quick and easy. Sean had three doctors. Yeah. For three doctors? Sounds yeah. serious. Well, no, it was kind of like a. <laughs> Look at this guy's balls. Was it like an operating theater where there are a bunch of people watching? Uh, I got a standing ovation. Uh, they like. I knew what was going to happen as soon as it started because he's like, hey, I've got these two, you know, one was a resident and one was uh, something else. And they were like, they're here to observe. Are you okay with that? And he was like, don't worry. They're not going to do anything. They're just going to observe. I'm like, sure, that's fine. And then like 30 seconds in, he's like, hey, you want to try it? Whatever you want in here. No. I was like, well, we all saw that coming. So. I like one of the reasons I was pushing for a vasectomy a little while back is that I got an email from my university that said, hey. Free vasectomies done by medical students. Wow. <laughs> not the environment I would want. I was like, but free. It's free, man. <laughs> the thing the doctor was telling me, like the guy who did mine, he's been doing them for like, I don't know, 15 years or something. And he's done like thousands of them. He was saying that there has never been a death from a vasectomy. There's never even really been a serious complication. Uh, like the risk is just like super, super, super low. Uh, there's like a couple things that can go kind of wrong. Like the worst case scenario is it doesn't work and you are still fertile. But like the second worst is like you get, there's like a little bit of leaky blood and your <laughs> scrotum basically fills with blood and then uh, the blood hardens, uh, <laughs> which is apparently like it turns your balls hard as a rock and they're purple, uh, but apparently it doesn't hurt and it clears itself up. So See, but but that didn't happen. From what I understand, like getting a vasectomy, you have to go back to get your sperm tested. Yeah. Right? Once. Once. But apparently a lot of people don't do that. They're like, ah, no, they get they went in there. They did it. Doctors oh, don't really? do it. 
<laughs> that, that's why you, there's a higher like there's people who get vasectomies it's still like ah oh, i still got my wife pregnant like did you get your sperm tested no i didn't <laughs> that's another 80 dollars i have an iud i'm yeah. probably the only one among us <laughs> yeah. i don't think they can do them to us that's called sounding <laughs> my understanding is that having them put in can be quite uncomfortable which makes sense because they have to get through your cervix but I had mine put in um, after I had my baby, and if they do it within a certain amount of time, it's really easy. Um, I'm a little worried about getting it taken out, but the insertion was painless. <sighs> Compared to everything else that happened that day. Yeah. That was at the six-week follow-up. <laughs> if they put it in immediately after you have the baby, it just falls right back out. <laughs> I'll just put some tape on there. <laughs> they'll also, uh, if you get a C-section, they'll just snip you right there if you ask. And really? it's a lot lot cheaper and easier than uh, having it done as a uh, separate procedure because you're already out open. Yeah, so that that seems like uh, asking at the opportune moment, though. It's like, hey, you ever want to have a baby again? <laughs> like, no, oh, God, God. Jesus. That's just the upselling. Yeah. We can also gold plate things if you're <laughs> interested. All right. I've got a, what are your morals worth for you? Mm. Mm. How much to have? 20 babies. Uh, <laughs> sex at, let's say, your normal frequency for a month. Every six hours. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> using a fur-lined condom. Ugh. Do I have to use and, the same one? Yes, you get one. You can have two. I mean, okay. you're, you're, you're oh, well off. Fur-lined bra. I think I'll use the otter today. <laughs> <laughs> and you can otter. choose the fur. Oh, I want chinchilla. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so hard to clean. <laughs> Powder it. I don't think you understand. You're not even supposed to get the things wet because it might get <laughs> they might get moldy and die. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not seeing any downsides. <laughs> I do like sex. And I do like fur. I guess I get a fur-lined diaphragm. <laughs> I mean, that sounds a little itchy and a little gross to clean, but that doesn't sound too bad. No, it's not terribly know. traumatic. How long? A month. A month. That's not so bad. Yeah, give me like five bucks. I And I get I get a cool fur condom. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a shot. I would have no faith in it, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to take me out to lunch at least, so let's say 20 bucks. <laughs> Yeah, one one all you can eat sushi. But I'm gonna request some really expensive fur. <laughs> I want a mink condom. <laughs> chinchilla, chinchilla also sounded very good. No, it's, gonna, it's gonna get moldy in there, guys. It's not gonna See, die though. I think I want I'd want something with like short controlled fur, <laughs> not super fuzzy. Um, like Chihuahua. yeah, some sort of pug. <laughs> yeah, like more in the pug, <laughs> like a cheetah. <laughs> Just turn a pug inside out. I want I want dick dick for her. <laughs> <laughs> a joke. Yep. Got some dick dick from a dick dick. <laughs> Three dicks involved. All right. I think that's it for this week. And I've lost the rest of what I say there. <laughs> I also don't think you said how much. Oh, did I not? <laughs> <laughs> um I want two hundred bucks. 200 bucks. Yeah. Wow. It sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, for you, I imagine it would be on the inside. So it's just me. Well, I, I said I'd use a fur-lined diaphragm. Right. So. But I assume the, di- the hair's on the inside of the diaphragm, not the outside. Still 200 bucks. I don't want to make you uncomfortable either. 
fine. That's going to cause some kind of infection. Yeah, I'm concerned. <laughs> I need to see a doctor. Those fishing, quacks. Fishing hair out of there. <laughs> All right, I think that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Gerard, our awesome editor. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Acid Pop Podcast. If you want to contact us, you can get in touch through our subreddit, or you can email us at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to my co-hosts, and we'll see you next time. Bye. What I did. <laughs> <laughs>